0: relationsreviewpodcast.com Thank you so much for listening to the Public Relations Review Podcast and have a great day. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review Podcast. A program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals, educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Welcome to the Public Relations Review Podcast and to our listeners all across America and around the world. Now, I'm very pleased to announce that as of September 2023, Apple has ranked this podcast among the top 1% of podcasts worldwide. So, thank you to all of my guests for providing the great content that makes this possible and to my audience for your continued support. Now, We as public relations professionals know that securing earned media is an important element of our toolkit. Now the question becomes, what are the most important techniques you must know and use to successfully pitch reporters to secure story placement for your clients? Well, my guest today, and return guest at that, is Annie Pace Scranton. She is the founder and president of Pace Public Relations, headquartered in New York City. Annie started Pace Public Relations as an entrepreneur in 2010. The company grew from her solo apartment with one employee, that being Annie, into a multi-million dollar business focusing on business strategy, development, and public relations using her strong broadcast television background. Now today, with 20 employees in multiple office locations, they handle over 40 clients that span the globe. They strategically customize and tailor each client's publicity plan and PR campaign to meet their specific needs to maximize their media exposure. The firm specializes in television, radio, print, and web placements. So we are here today to talk about her new book, The Guide to Earned Media. So Annie, welcome to the podcast again.
1: Oh, Peter, thank you so much for having me. This is a real treat.
0: Well, considering uh, you know the 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 wisdom that you bring by way of this book, I thought it was important that we uh, you know have you on to talk about that. So, so my question really now f- to begin with is, what caused you to want to write this book?
1: Uh, writing a book is, uh, has been a sort of a lifelong dream. I think from the time I was a young girl and loved reading, loved writing always, and I always thought like bucket list writing a book would be something that would be just so cool Um, and I will say I didn't set out intentionally to write this exact book but I, I believe in sort of like the idea of if you if you think positively, um, you can manifest, you know, certain things to happen. Um, and just that was just like big vi- vision board for me, right? Like writing a book. And one day I was just sitting in my office where I am now and an email came in to me from Kogan Page. Um, they're a publisher based in the UK. And uh, the contact there said that he had seen a speaking engagement, a video clip of a speaking engagement I had done, speaking about PR and some of the tactics that um, I wound up writing about in the book. And he asked to have a conversation about, uh, you know, potentially bringing me on as an author. And that's how it all came together. But obviously, the book is very closely written about just what I do day in and day out. And, you know, my decades of working experience. So it was a very, you know, sort of natural fit for me.
0: Hmm. Well, considering that uh, your background was primarily in TV, in terms of I guess being a producer, that part of that included booking audience or guests for particular shows. You know what it took for people to say to to get you to look at what those uh, what what was required. So let's begin to talk about some of those things that, that are required in terms of earning media, whether you want to start with TV or radio or uh, wherever. But let's, let's begin about what you look for to get a successful placement.
1: Well, it's not enough to just to think that your client or the company that you're pitching is enough. Basically, I would say that most of the times producers and reporters probably don't care about what you're actually trying to promote. What they care about is getting a story that is going to resonate with their viewers or their readers or their listeners. So it's really important to kind of begin implementing the tactic of thinking of your client, whether that's the CEO or the founder, as a thought leader or a subject matter expert within their industry, and then seeing what is trending in the news. What are people talking about? You know, how can we get that client some great earned media, but have it be about something bigger than just exactly specifically what their company has going on? And that's a really good starting point, I think, for a lot of PR professionals to, uh, to start implementing as a way to educate your client um, and also meet producers and reporters where they're at, you know, so you could deliver to them the content that they're looking for.
0: Well, you know, you touched on a very important uh, subject uh, right there. Thought leaders. Talk a little bit about what thought leaders are, and how do you get yourself or your client into that position? Because if, in fact, they want to be seen as one, uh, they have to have certain credentials to, uh, you know, live up to that that vision that uh, people have of them.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So, I think I think it's actually kind of surprising to me how many big time CEOs or founders don't think of themselves as thought leaders and a lot of times this can be you know due to the fact that they're just working really hard you know to make sure their company is successful or perhaps the confidence may not be there um, as much as it as it should or other people think it should be. So what I think is a great first step is to you know work with your client to say to them we found such and such and this and this story trending in the the news right now, what's your take on it? What's your perspective on it? And start it as kind of like a conversation so that way you can build up that trust element um, with your client and it doesn't feel quite as forced. Once you get their unique opinion, because chances are they're gonna say something that makes a lot of sense or maybe that hasn't been said yet, you know, in relation to whatever news item you're talking about. And from there, you could start small by suggesting maybe just a, a quick hundred word LinkedIn post on on the topic, you know, or if their if their website has a blog section or a place where they could write an article, you know, starting out with owned media could be a really natural way um, to get that ball rolling. And from there, once you kind of get them in the routine of thinking of themselves as a thought leader and sharing stories on a regular basis to get their perspective, it'll be a lot easier to then transition to pitching them to Mm -hmm. national media.
0: Let's also talk then about preparing them to talk to the media, because that for a lot of people is a very uncomfortable situation to be in, uh, obviously because they haven't done it before. But if if that is part of getting them uh, the exposure, then they need to be prepared for it. So talk a little bit about the preparation, if you will, I I guess for lack of a better term, media training that perhaps they might need to have to, to do a good job.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of people just are maybe shy or don't like to be in front of an audience. It's funny, I teach at NYU and I teach PR consulting in, in their graduate school and I asked my students next week, or I didn't ask them, I told them that they have to stand up in front of the class and give their 30 second elevator pitch and like, you could see the look of horror and fear on their faces about just standing up and talking for 30 seconds in front of a classroom. And I make this analogy because I think even with a lot of CEOs and founders, there is a lot of hesitancy, you know, and fear that goes into it. So, you know, I think first just taking the temperature, right, of the client that you're working with and what is their or comfort level in doing media is really important because that is going to inform you of how much time and effort and energy you're going to need to put into that media training. But the first step really I think is to hire a great media trainer or work with you know, if you have somebody within your agency who can do it and to be in person, if you can, with that client is so important. You know, now we all meet over Zoom and location doesn't really matter. But for something like that, a personal touch, I think, really goes a long way. The second bit of advice, which is not, you know, earth shattering, but is to record the media training and make your client watch it back. That, I think, is really the thing that gets a lot of these CEOs Saying to themselves, all right, and now I understand why we're doing media training because mm-hmm. most of us don't like to watch ourselves back. We don't like to sound the way we sound, or, you know, we don't like seeing how we look on camera or whatever the case may be. But if you're getting somebody prepped for especially a broadcast interview, they they have to understand what goes into it. And without creating or recreating what that TV news interview would look like, you're not gonna get them to fully understand everything that goes into it you know, there is the element of working with clients to fine tune their messaging. Like, what is it? what are the points that we definitely wanna make sure we can get across in this interview? But at the same time, it's so important to make sure the client understands that for most news interviews, the anchor is going to have an idea of where he or she wants to go in the interview, and a lot of the times that is in the context of a larger story, and perhaps they are interviewing your client as that subject matter expert. So, it's really important to, I know this sounds so basic, but to listen to the question and answer that question and you have your talking points ready to go. But if it's not feeling really relevant to insert those talking points in the conversation, just give the anchor a great interview because what is more important than anything else when it comes to TV is you want to do a good job. So you get asked back, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the way that you sort of build up that groundswell and that brand awareness, um, which, which is so important in terms of PR.
0: Well, you know, having been spent a little time in radio, one of the things that I'd always do uh if somebody is or if I'm going to be interviewed, I would always ask ask the person ahead of time, what questions will you be asking me? Which is uh you know, a lot of people perhaps might be afraid to do, but you certainly can do it. That way you can prepare yourself mentally, will find as you said to answer the question, and then I'm always thinking, well, is there any way for me to weave in some other things that make sense to that question? But the first thing is that that it's okay to ask what questions will you be asking me to help prepare yourself mentally.
1: It's completely fine to ask that question. The worst that can happen is you won't get a response, you know, which you know, I mean, can happen sometimes whether the producer is busy or they don't producers aren't required to tell you what the questions will be in mm-hmm. advance. Obviously, you have to understand what the subject is of the topic that you know you're going to be speaking about, but it's absolutely fine to ask that question and as long as it's also like framed in the context of I want to make sure that we're gonna give you the best interview possible, that is that is the way that you'll get more luck out of the out of the producer.
0: Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit now about pitching. Let's say that uh, you don't have a specific person you want to pitch to a producer, but you have a story idea. What are the things that you believe that uh, PR people need to make sure they know when they're calling up a a producer to pitch a, a story idea?
1: Well, the first thing that is so critically important is to make sure you have researched the producer or reporter that you're about to email and pitch. I can't tell you how many times as a producer myself, uh, many years ago or when I'm at conferences and um, about PR and pitching and media, the common refrain is I'm getting a lot of pitches that have no relevancy to my coverage area. Mm -hmm. And that is probably just the worst mistake that you can make um, because you just you lose the trust then of the, the media that you've reached out to because they're going to say to themselves, wow, well, Annie has no idea what I cover, you know? So that's really, and, and we all as publicists rely on the great tools like Vision and MuckRock and building media lists. And that is part of what we do and we have to do that, but make sure that your media lists are pretty tight when you're reaching out if you have to, and sort of like a, a bigger, like a bigger capacity, what I would recommend too is that switch up your tactic when you're reaching out to media. You don't have to always send the same type of pitch to a reporter or a journalist. Sometimes it's really nice to try to just develop a relationship in more of an organic way by sending an email that says, Hey, so and so. I really enjoyed your article that you wrote. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm reaching out just to say that was a great read. Congratulations. I see it's getting shared a lot. Hope we can stay in touch in the future. And something like that can really go a long way. Whatever tactics you can think of yourself to build up a genuine relationship with a journalist is going to go so much further than just blindly pitching, you know, as many people as you can. I had a a story from a client that I was working on today, and I wound up texting my friend who I've known for years, you know, who works at a major cable network, and I said, what do you think? And she was like, this is perfect. Being able to have that closeness to the journalist is going to make your job a lot easier and more efficient.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge point right there, having a relationship with them. Now, uh, you're not going to have a relationship with all of them, but a certain few, you certainly will. And, and that helped me tremendously, when, particularly when I started working on Capitol Hill, because one reporter told me, she said, if you really want to get some things done, bring everything you need that a reporter has to have for this story uh, so so that we don't have to ask for anything. We're completely prepared because there's some reporters that might not have the time to ask you or know what it is that they do need to do a complete story on this. So have everything that you think the reporter might need to do a good story on this and begin to form relationships uh, has been part of my experience to uh, getting a lot of things done.
1: A hundred percent. And I think also, you know, we all now... All of us have public profiles. Journalists are on social media. A lot of times their profiles are public. Like, it's not just researching every single article that they've read, but, like, see what they're about personally. You know, like, maybe you go on their Instagram and you see that they have a dog. Well, maybe you have a dog. And, you know, and it comes up sort of naturally in a conversation. Like, it's all about just information and getting as much information as you possibly can so that way you can develop that relationship. But to your point, Peter, come armed to that conversation with a couple of very unique ideas or where you, your client can say, I know you cover this topic frequently, but you know what is really interesting that no one's talking about is this thing. You know, and, and that way they can start to understand, oh, okay, this person is not only trying to just like promote what they're doing, but they actually get how journalism works and the kinds of stories
0: that we're looking for. You're absolutely right. Forming relationships is hugely important. In some media markets, it might be a little bit difficult, uh, but the first thing to do is work at it, because, again, when I was in Congress, and and, uh, one of the guys I worked for was from New York, so I had to deal with New York media. And uh, one thing I learned real quick is that uh, those reporters up there, they want substantive stuff. So if you're coming to them, bring Mm it so you've got substance up there and background material, whatever else it is, and they'll begin to listen to you.
1: A hundred percent. Like most journalists are not going to go into a conversation immediately trusting whoever they're talking to for the first time. You know, you have to earn that trust and build that trust. So, have your backup information. Have some stats. You know, um, have anecdotes to share. Or maybe you, maybe your client themselves has customers or clients that can sort of support. You know, the narrative that you're trying to persuade the journalist to talk about. All of that is is so is so critically important.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing I found also important too is that if in fact you can offer them a first, if they've uh, you know been helping you along the way. And you've got something that is going to be important, and you can let them in on it. You know, to be the first at it, that will give you a lot of mileage with them. I mean, they might know, those things might not come along that often, but if one does, and you've been working with somebody that, you know, serve it up to them, and uh, that will gain you some mileage as well.
1: I mean, pitching exclusives or under embargo, you know, are I mean, that's always going to give you a competitive edge mm-hmm. when you're trying to get a story placed. Just make sure whatever you're pitching actually warrants an exclusive, you know, or to send it out under embargo. Because a lot of times I think publicists may say, oh, yeah, we should pitch this as an exclusive. But, like, it's not really news, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you have to – publicists, I think, need to really just get that journalist mindset. um, And if that can happen – you're going to be so much further ahead of the game.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you touched, you brought up something that I hadn't I thought about in a long, time, long, long time, and that is an embargo. I don't know if they still use them that often, but on, on many occasions, I did use them, and, and it does pay off because it is a good story. I'm going to give it to you in advance because you might need to do a little extra homework with it. But as long as we have the agreement that uh, you know you won't let it go until our agreed upon time, we'll, we'll move forward on this. And that that again is building relationships and uh, helping everybody get something done that can show up later on down the road as well.
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, it's just it you have to just be able to use your judgment and your expert expertise to say okay. Is this just a standard pitch? Am I going to do this under embargo or am I going to give this as an exclusive to one journalist? But all of those are, yeah, are the tactics that we all use all the time, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Talk, talk briefly, perhaps now about maybe the most difficult, at least from your position as a PR person, difficult story to pitch to the media and how you went about resolving uh, or getting over the hump to make it successful. Have you had that a situation like that?
1: I've, I've had it uh, every day. Uh, okay. you know, I
0: mean, it, it's, so that's I mean, the question people like, I, <laughs> I'm
1: like, what can I tell you about today? That right. is giving me a challenge, getting into the media. I mean, you know, it, media relations specialists, our job is not easy. Like, it is, it is not easy um, at all. And honestly, just the media being in the state that it's in, it's getting harder, right, to get those stories placed. There's fewer media outlets. There's fewer reporters at media outlets because there's layoffs all the time. The news cycle is crazier than ever and really heavily into, you know, politics. And so there's just not as much real estate, I find, in a lot of media outlets to get coverage. So, you know, I think one tip that I would say is that, when there is a big news story that is right for your client to jump on it as quickly as possible, because when there is a breaking news story, that is when reporters and producers need guests immediately, mm-hmm. right? For either commentary or to get themselves in the studio. Like um, you know, we had a client years ago who uh, runs a, uh, a, a frozen food entree company and they source a lot of their ingredients from overseas, from India and and different places and in the Asia Pacific area. When COVID happened, it was really difficult, you know, to get products and ingredients shipped over here, right? And so we had never previously thought about putting this CEO uh, out as a supply chain expert, right? But when it happened, we saw it, okay, you look up, you see CNBC is talking about supply chain issues. Well, hey client, are you you experiencing this? You know, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, actually we are experiencing this and it's really challenging, what happens? Well, you know, a week later he's on Bloomberg TV, he's in the Wall Street Journal talking about it. Mm -hmm. And what does that do? It elevates his credibility and legitimacy it helps build overall brand awareness, um, and it puts him in a category amongst his peers that of, of where he sort of should be, you know, in terms of thinking, um, thinking of himself as a thought leader and commenting on industry trends. Those interviews were extremely valuable to that particular client, so we, we try to wait for those moments when we can as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't. I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything. What are some of the maybe more important items or topics in your book, "The Guide to Her Media," that we have not touched on that you think we should touch on?
1: I think one thing that I would say is pretty important is the is the beginning chapters when you're getting to know the client, or if you're working in house at your company and you're the internal com person, is to really understand the origin story of how the company was created, and also to really understand the background of the founder and the CEO. And what I mean by that is not just like, okay, let me look at their resume, but figuring out how you can get to know the founder and the CEO in a personal context, meaning what was the biggest challenge you had to overcome in your career? What was the lowest point for you? What was the turning point moment when you were at your last company and you turned it around? You know, where do you see the opportunity for our current company, you know, to really grow and differentiate es- itself in the space from our competitors? It's by getting that personal personalized info and like nuggets of really like interesting information that's going to spur ideas for pitching. Um, you know, because there probably may not be something trending in the news every week or news from the company every week that you want to promote. So in those down periods, you can really lean into like profile pitching, founder Mm -hmm. pitching, you know, and, and those pieces of advice. So many outlets now have stories of the five things entrepreneurs should know, you know, or the 10 best tips for new CEOs, whatever the case may be. So I think understanding taking the time to really understand your client as closely as possible. And those interesting nuggets of information will be very useful for pitching.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Andy, let me say that uh, you have provided us with some very, very great information here that uh, I think uh, any and all PR people should know. So let me suggest that uh, my listeners that you get your hands on a copy of the guide to earned media. How to Use PR Strategies to Enhance Your Brand. The author is my guest today, Annie Pace Scranton. And I want to say once again, Annie, thank you so very, very much. One, for bringing this book to my attention and two, uh, for being a guest on the podcast. As you know, we certainly appreciate having you here.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. People can check out the book on Amazon or right on the Kogan page website. Um, And I'd be happy to connect with any of your listeners um, personally if they want to discuss it more or ask any questions.
0: Very good. Thank you so much. And again, my listeners, thank you for listening to uh, this edition of the Public Relations Review. And also, share this with your friends. So I think uh, you, they will find it as exciting as as we have of having Annie here. And uh, when you get a chance, if you enjoy the show, give us a great review. We should appreciate that, too. And don't forget to listen to the next edition of the Public Relations Review Podcast. Have a great one. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us. This is Peter Woolfolk speaking. Now, first of all, thank you so very much for listening to the podcast. Now, I am very excited to let you know that the podcast is now available on Amazon Alexa. You know the drill. Simply say, Alexa, play Public Relations Review Podcast, and she'll take you from there. And again, thank you for listening. And if you enjoy the program, please become a subscriber. Now, on to the podcast.